You're listening to Potluck, the podcast that stirs up a unique flavor of people, culture, and brands in Asia. Hosted, as always, by Scott and Drago. So as we mentioned uh, during our interview with uh, Eunice uh, regarding, uh, or actually we're going to touch on Chinese New Year or the Lunar New Year as it's often now uh, referred to, uh, which is obviously coming up fast in the next week or so. Uh, and we wanted to reflect on what it means to people today, how brands might be or could be tapping into that. Um, it's always a very interesting juxtaposition, you know, for us when you, you know, you've turned the last fairy lights off on Christmas or Hogmanay as we Scots call it thereafter, and then immediately contrast that with a very different experience uh, that unites so many communities around Asia, you know, within a couple of months, uh, you know, so much for uh, for dry January uh, this year. Um, Drago, you and I, we both do a lot of research in mainland China, Hong Kong, Singapore, Malaysia, amongst others. Yeah, I think what um, some people may not realise, uh, we certainly didn't until we um, came to this part of the world, is how uh, in uh, a lot of these places, in uh, obviously in China, but in Hong Kong, in Singapore, in Malaysia, in Thailand, um, there is uh, a presence of Chinese ethnic minority or majority and um, their relationship with Chinese ancestry, with uh, traditions, uh, has developed over the years in, uh, in different ways. Uh, so we thought um, uh, the Chinese New Year is an interesting lens to use uh, uh, here to uh, try and understand how, um, how culture shifts and, uh, and changes. Um, and uh, we're fortunate to have with us here uh, Eunice, uh, Eunice Yap of Esplanade, CMO of Esplanade. We'd like to uh, ask you a little bit It's a, a, um, about um, what Chinese New Year means to you. If you can share, you know, how um, things may have changed for you over the years. Well, as a family unit, um, you know, when I was young, Chinese New Year was fun because I had um, 15 days of new clothes uh, to wear. Mom used to sew it for me, and it was an amazing um, experience for, for a young child. Uh, I think what I miss most is the Espranacan's uh, ancestor worship during Chinese New Year is key because we would uh, have um, pictures of my deceased grandparents, and we would have like 20 dishes uh, laid out. But of course, we, we then suffered for the next one week because we had to complete and finish the food that my mom cooked. Uh, but it was fun uh, in that sense because, you know, we, we get to pray. Uh, we get to eat very good food that we only get to eat once a year, like bokla, that's the, the black nut that we do. And my mom's pickle, which is acha, that's called. And then, you know, before midnight, they would pray to the kitchen god and, and you know we are not allowed to sleep because the candle is supposed to burn continuously and fortunately my parents had five kids so we all took turns to make sure that the candle didn't extinguish. Um, the thing that I still do today is to still kneel uh, in front of my parents and to wish them good health and, and long life. Um, I think a lot of people don't do that nowadays. It's like, you know, hey, Happy New Year. And, uh, but it's, it's important for all of us, including my nieces and, and nephews and my grandnieces and nephews. Uh, that is something that we still uphold um, because they've moved from a, a big space to a smaller space now so that ancestor worship has, uh, has uh, we, we've stopped that. Yes, I, I think Chinese New Year is modernized right now. Um, because they think it's just another celebration for Chinese. 
Uh, I think the stories of um, why we celebrate it, it's not told and not shared. And I think this is where uh, we tried to do it in, in Esplanade, like during Chinese New Year, when we have kids' workshops, uh, we try to make them understand why uh, we celebrate Chinese New Year with red packets, why was there, um, you know, firecrackers, which is banned now in Singapore. Uh, but those were the days. Um, and, you know, something that I still practice is, and I was just sharing with uh, my colleague, is to wear something red. Uh, I, I can't carry the colour red, so I said, OK, go buy red underwear. Uh, for a start, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's key because... Um, I think it's the only time because of the work that we do with our schedule, um, the family comes together um, and that annual bonding uh, helps to just reconnect. Um, no matter how far you are, uh, they still come back home to celebrate uh, Chinese New Year. I think we're going to touch on, on reunion as a theme in a moment, Drago, as well. Yeah, I, I just wanted to, to, to ask you quickly just one more question, yeah? About if you, from, a, from an outsider's uh, point of view, you know, Chinese New Year, it feels like, it, like the Western New Year, yeah? One year ends, a new year starts, yeah? It's as simple as that, as dry as that. But if you, the way you're talking about it, it's so, it's so emotional. Um, if, you, uh, if I ask you to try and distill the meaning of Chinese New Year to you, you know, what is it about? Just in one simple, um, you know, keyword or a sentence, what would that be for you? I think to my family is uh, coming together with all the differences uh, that we have. I do not know whether any other culture does that. I think same with um, Hari Raya, Haji, and Puasa. It's it's about forgiveness and about you know moving on as as a family unit. Yeah, that's that's I think key. And you know, it's it's a long holiday. Um, stretch for a lot of people. People um, travel outside to, you know, just avoid that lull period in, in if you don't have family activities. Uh, but I try to make a point um, just to do that, to stay at home, um, cleaning. And that's fun. It's very therapeutic. Great. Thank you so much for this. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, great. Thanks. Great. A few themes we wanted to touch on in relation to Chinese New Year, uh, none of them particularly connected, but interesting all the same. And I think one thing I should highlight is that actually what we've been doing over the last week or so is kind of touching base with our kind of network of researchers, you know, cultural mavens, if you like, from around the region, uh, you know, that we tend to work with in places like China and Hong Kong, Malaysia. Some of them are actually Malaysian or Singaporeans working in China. And really just, you know, putting our finger on the pulse and seeing what's kind of happening with Chinese New Year or what has been happening uh, in recent years. So the first big theme we wanted to touch on, I think something which Eunice was alluding to a lot there, yeah. uh, linking to coming together, is reunion. Um, now, reunion is such a big theme for Chinese New Year, perhaps even more than it is in the West. I mean, everyone talks about, you know, the drive home for Christmas or the, you know, the journey. But I think we've all seen the news around this exodus in China, people hanging on to, you know, trains, you know, people kind of grabbing the last flight out. Um, but actually, it's, you know, reunion starts with the, the, you know, the reunion dinner held on the eve of Chinese New Year. One dares not miss the, the reunion dinner. Indeed, I think my wife's family you know, booked the same restaurant up to a year in advance for the next reunion dinner. Um, um, 
But actually, Reunion is is also a space that a lot of brands try and tap into in some way. Um, and it's very easy for brands to do it in quite a token or a lazy way, you know, portraying the family meal, portraying people gathering, portraying people visiting. Um, and yeah, of, of course, you can tap into some cultural relevance doing that, um, you know, the meal after meal, the house visit after house visit. But what, after speaking to um, some of our colleagues, some of our associates in China and elsewhere, they've, they've noticed perhaps some brands are maybe missing a bit of an opportunity here, an opportunity to actually tie in with different types of reunion or facets of reunion, uh, those, those kind of micro micro moments, if you like, um, you know, perhaps, Drago, you could share a few thoughts on what you think some of those micro moments or, or, or facets of reunion might be. Yeah, micro moments, to use the word that our uh, partner in uh, uh, China, Jackie, um, uh, mentioned. Um, so one ad that uh, struck me was the uh, new uh, Nike ad. Uh, very interestingly, they're uh, celebrating Chinese New Year uh, in, a, in, a, in an ad for the first time, it turns out. Uh, but it's a very interesting um, story of the relationship between an aunt and her niece. Uh, uh, the aunt trying to pass uh, uh, I don't want to spoil the story for, uh, you know, if, if you haven't watched it yet. Yeah, but, come on, uh, a few more clues, please. <laughs> an aunt uh, uh, trying to pass uh, a, a red um, a red envelope, um, Hongbao, to her niece. And uh, the niece trying to turn it down. The aunt is chasing her. Uh, you'll find out, you know, uh, what what happens. But it's uh, the way it's focusing on that relationship and and how it evolves over the years and how uh, how things are, are changing to a place where you know the the tables are turning a bit. Um, oops, I think that was the that was the uh, giveaway there. But uh, you know, to, to go back to that um, micro moment story. Also, an, another ad, uh, Cathay Pacific ad about a family, a Hong Kong family, or maybe a, a Southern uh, Chinese family. My Cantonese is not good enough to tell the difference, frankly. Uh, but uh, they get on a flight, obviously, uh, and they go to Thailand. Uh, and the way it focuses, it's a bit of a kind of a Little Miss Sunshine kind of, you know, road, uh, road trip um, about how different relationships within the family evolve. And it's very interesting for the way it focuses on relationships uh, between different family members and how, again, they, they involve in that process. Uh, so it's sort of a different approach from that, you know, traditional monolithic, you know, parent-child dynamic uh, around the dinner table. Uh, so it's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think reunion as well. I mean, I think it's such an interesting. I think even as a as a Westerner, you can you know it's the more things happen at Christmas, you know, you you know old versions of yourself meet old versions of others, you know, sparks moments, memories flood back from times of which you thought were long forgotten, you know, and even just the different types of reunion you have with old school friends, you know, with aunties, with cousins, they're all different dynamics, they're all different things which unfolds, you know, the reunion with certain places, your your bedroom or you know the grandma's house, the nanny's house. I mean these. These are all such a rich space for brands to tap into. I mean, one of the iconic examples was Pepsi and Lay's that ran a, a co-branded ad uh, a few years ago with several sons going home to meet their railroad master uh, father. And I think you can Google this, you know, Pepsi Lay's Chinese New Year ad. And I think they had a very nice, tightly sewn in product link in terms, I wouldn't, again, another spoiler, but in terms of what the fizz of the bottle or perhaps a shaken up bottle of uh, of, of the drink might, might represent, what it might mean to them tying back to a particular moment in Bond. And it, I mean, it, 
is such a, a space, I think, where the guards can come down. We often talk about kind of conservative Asian culture and people will be struggling to express emotions. And I think that's why so many of these ads around reunion tap into that emotion that's maybe a bit off limits at other times of, of the year. I think it's not it's not unique to a Chinese cultural context because if you think of a Western context too, I think, say, um, the Thanksgiving occasion is uh, perhaps an apt comparison that, you know, that does, you know, as the name would suggest, it involves, you know, expressing gratitude to people around you, uh, perhaps not forgiveness per se, but it is a kind of a unique opportunity, you know, um, to uh, connect with people and to, you know, it sort of gives you cultural permission to uh, be more emotional to um, uh, connect with people. Uh, this cultural p- p- permission is perhaps more necessary in uh, in an Asian context than elsewhere. But I think we can draw uh, parallels with um, with Western occasions too. Okay. Fantastic. So the second theme we wanted to talk talk about is the traditions frozen in time, traditions preserved, if you like, as they were. Now, it's often said that Chinese communities in places like you know Malaysia it could be it could be Penang, could be Malacca, for example, or indeed Taiwan have really preserved certain cultural traditions that have been perhaps diluted or forgotten about, maybe in mainland China. You know, relics of the past practices, customs that you know maybe once were but are no more in their actual place of place of origin one of our one of our again one of our associates based in China who's actually uh, Malaysian said you know and to quote her she said you know I felt very strongly ever since I first stepped foot in China you know you know two decades ago that the Chinese social and cultural customs and values are actually better preserved and were widely practiced by the China community in Malaysia be it festivities you know folklore mythical tales which Eunice tapped onto those stories of what Chinese New Year means um, so yeah I mean I think that was also mirrored in uh, something another of our of our China-based uh, associates mentioned, uh, who's from Guangzhou, and she mentioned, you know, you know, if you if you you know, if you, she's obviously grew up in the pre kind of China's astronomical growth, and she said, you know, people kind of complain nowadays that Chinese New Year has become less meaningful than it used to be. You know, when we were kids, we were less material sufficient. Chinese New Year was one of the few festivals we could eat all the good food, buy and wear new clothes, collect those red packets from adults, where firecrackers and fireworks were everywhere, and it added so much, you know. There's just so much oomph for Chinese New Year. All these things which you didn't normally have throughout the year were suddenly kind of on steroids for, you know, a couple of weeks. Um, and I think we were reflecting on that, weren't we, about how maybe that's changed in terms of how China now is, in terms of the kind of the huge surge in consumerism and, and access to, you know, the now, the latest thing, goods all year long. Yeah, I think there's also something very interesting happening in uh, other places um, around the region where, um, say to pick Singapore, uh, the pioneer generation that uh, of, of immigrants from China uh, that was uh, a part of that cultural tra- tradition. They knew all the all, all the dishes, all the rituals, and you know many of many of whom have now um, have now gone without uh, 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 passing on all the all the recipes. And um, often the the meaning really that that emotional connection with what Chinese New Year stands for. Um, I spoke to um, a former classmate from uh, university in Japan, a Singaporean mate, um, Jonathan. Uh, he was talking about um, what Chinese New Year meant to him as a child when his grandma was around and she would make all the dishes and they would all gather around the table. And now that she's passed away, he feels that uh, not only is he uh, obviously missing that 
um, uh, that emotional connection with his with his grandma, but also uh, he feels that that link has been broken now because his parents uh, they were too busy building the uh, the country that is now Sing- Singapore and didn't have time to uh, invest in um, extending that heritage and tradition. Uh, so it, you know this in you know we're talking about frozen in time you know things don't necessarily you know freeze in time the way we uh, want them to and i think we even touched on you know the firecrackers were mentioned by by you i think in malaysia they aren't technically allowed or the you know the big bang isn't allowed but you know you only have to be in a housing estate in in you know malaka ipo you know downtown kl to be kind of feel there's some kind of you know war zone going off but i think actually you know she was saying that yeah actually of course there are a lot of reasons behind that you know you're trying to scare away the the demons the monsters yeah. if you like it's a metaphor for for bad luck she was even talking about you have a big giant wad of cash ready to pay off the local policeman in case you <laughs> you know and the, the biggest ang pao going uh, just in case uh, they show up but you know obviously um rarely do um and i think you've mentioned even perhaps for different reasons obviously even in hong kong this year has been the first time the the crackers have been banned uh interesting yeah um, hong kong is probably is probably in a similar place whereby for uh um safety reasons firecrackers have been banned uh, for a, for a long time now obviously they've had the big fireworks uh, over the few years it's become a bit of an uh, bit of an institution sort of an, an, an important event in the in the calendar but this year oh, sorry, uh, you were saying the big fireworks display the is big no fireworks okay. display okay. has been uh, has been um um uh, cancelled this year so again uh, traditions often change for you know may change for um, um you know reasons that are out of our control too okay and the the third topic we wanted to touch on is the shorter attention span of Chinese New Year for different reasons. And again, Eunice hinted at something before in our other interview, uh, where she mentioned that there can be sometimes this misinterpretation of Singaporeans not having pride, for example, if they leave Singapore National Day or they escape at Chinese New Year. But I think and I think we do often talk about Chinese New Year being a bit more short lived in Singapore. People have smaller immediate families. You can do your visiting, your reunion dinner, you know, within a day or two, and then why not hey travel? But actually, what we're noticing is that that attention span for how long you kind of draw out Chinese New Year is maybe diminishing in China too. You know, we're hearing a lot about tier one and tier two Chinese. Yes, they may go home for a day or two, but, you know, have the reunion dinner, do the first day of, of most important visits, if you like. But then, you know, hey, let's jump on a plane to another city in China. Let's, you know, let's go skiing. Let's go to Japan. Let's go, let's grab a week away somewhere, precious time away, which is hard to find um, other points of the year. Um and, you know, even in Shanghai itself, we heard stories from, from Jackie, who you mentioned, of, you know, things stay open. You can get a meal out within a day or two of Chinese New Year. You can buy things, uh, even market research, you know, God forbid, can happen within five, six days of Chinese New Year, um, you know, beginning, if you like, whereas it used to be, you know, a two week, uh, two week blackout. It's very interesting because you, um, you're saying the uh, the uh, uh, time span has uh, uh, shortened, but it feels like the the intensity, the emotional intensity around what it means to get together with all these people that you obviously love, but there are also all, all these conflicts that doesn't seem to have subsided, has it? Mm. Yeah, I mean, we talked a lot about this. Um 
the emotional and financial uh, perils or, you know, the risk of going bankrupt in both parts. And I think, uh, I mean, I think, you know, you people go home, they, 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 there's obviously that culture of you have to pay for banquets. Someone's paying for the meal each time. You know, there's there's gambling, there's there's partying, there's simply buying things. You I mean, we were, we were hearing that, you know, you may have to give the security guard in your condo 100 RMB plus, the cleaner, the, you know, everybody you encounter has to be given quite a significant, you know, sum of money, which all mounts up. And, and one thing we were hearing is, that people are going back home earlier, home as in the city they maybe work in, because they're they're drained, they're drained of their finances, but also emotionally that intensity. You know, they've been asked about are you getting married twenty times? How's your job prospects? And a lot of young people now aren't following the paths that grandparents maybe expected them to, given the new nature of employment, given the new nature of ambition. Uh, and you know, it's often a cliche about rent a boyfriend, rent a girlfriend, you know. But it's, it's still there. It's very much alive and well as a as a pressure of you know Chinese New Year being a focal point for how are you doing? You know, all those reunions, all those moments. Sure, sure. Which actually reminds me, I need to prepare the Hongbao for uh, for the cleaners in my office building and in our condo. I don't need to give you a Hongbao, do I? No, no, well, you can... Uh, I don't think know, I, I could afford you. No, just for the beers you owe, uh, but otherwise you're, you're good. Um, and yeah, just, I, I guess we've hinted at a few uh, brands just to wrap things up. So you've talked already about Nike uh, and there's a, there's a, you can check out an article on The Drum this week regarding five uh, ads which they've kind of asked people to vote on for Chinese New Year. Um, reflecting on a few, I mean, I think um, a lot of brands are focusing on women, actually. You mentioned Nike. I mean, Airbnb have a very touching animated video they've made for the China market where basically this is strange. I don't, I'm not sure if she's estranged, but she's a daughter who's chosen not to go home. Uh, cue the parents lamenting that moment, you know, digging out the decor, being very, you know, looking into the distant sky. And lo and behold, they think, okay, I will go and rent an Airbnb house in her compound. Uh, she's all lonely, comes home from reunion or from the eve of Chinese New Year. And, you know, there are her parents who have rented this uh, Airbnb cozy home in her compound. They've decorated it like it would be at home. And it's a tearjerker. It's, it's you know, they both haven't maybe perhaps realised what being apart would would uh, would feel like at that moment. And it's, um, yeah, very, very emotive uh, video. It's perhaps some wishful thinking on the part of Airbnb. But, yeah, I do agree. It's, it's an amazing piece of work. We hope you uh, did enjoy this uh, spoonful, perhaps a ladleful of Chinese New Year delicacies. Yeah, and gog si fa chai to all our listeners. Uh, we, si hope you, we hope you have some extra special ingredients in, in the pot this year, perhaps a bit of uh, abalone or something along those lines to, uh-huh. to spice things up. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll be back. And in the meantime, keep, keep it, it brewing. brewing.